The SyncBook.com is nearing the end of a massive upgrade, which means that so much cool stuff is coming, but it also means that access to parts of the website will be restricted from January 15th to January 28th. It also means that we need your help during this time and want to give you really neat stuff as a thank you. Everyone who registers at thesyncbook.com slash beta will receive an exclusive sample chapter from Marty Leeds' forthcoming book and an exclusive video clip from the Olympia Sync Summit. Everyone. And for a limited number of you willing to get your hands dirty in a digital sort of way, there's something extra special we're giving away. A book that people have spent years waiting and asking us for. If your beta tester application is accepted, remember there's only a limited number of positions available, we will give you nearly the entire 2012 draft of Suicide Kings. Please visit thesyncbook.com slash beta right away. Even with non-linear phenomena, time is of the essence. The sublime truths of alchemy were communicated to the initiates of the mystery schools, but were concealed from the profane. The latter, unable to understand the abstract philosophic tenets, worshipped the concrete sculptured idols, which were emblematic of those secret truths. The wisdom and secrecy of Egypt are epitomized in the Sphinx, which has preserved its secrets from the seekers of a hundred generations. The mysteries of Hermeticism, the great spiritual truths hidden from the world by the ignorance of the world, and the keys of the secret doctrine of the ancient philosophers are all symbolized by the Virgin Isis. Veiled from head to foot, she reveals her wisdom only to the tried and initiated few who have earned the right to enter her sacred presence, tear from the veiled figure of nature its shroud of obscurity, and stand face to face with the divine reality. I, Isis, am all that has been, that is, or shall be, no mortal man hath ever me unveiled. The fruit of which I brought forth is the sun. Hello and good afternoon. I'm Douglas Bowles, and you're listening to 42 Minutes, a production of SyncBook Radio and thesyncbook.com, a weekly conversation with the interesting artists and thinkers of our day. You can find us online at 42minutes.com, and you can reach us by sending a message to mail at 42minutes.com. You can also follow our tweets at Sync42 and at SyncBook. Will is away all this month on special Sync assignment. As you heard at the beginning of the program, the SyncBook.com is in transition right now but there is something in it for you. Go to thesyncbook.com slash beta and sign up for a free Sync Summit video and Marty Leeds book chapter, and perhaps become a beta tester. But hurry, thanks. Today is the 20th day of January, and the State of the Union is, well, hmm. Maybe you heard it in my voice on our previous installment of the 42 Minutes Man Show. But as Sync would have it, the thing that I was trying to articulate to Michael the other evening, I found the next day stated simply and elegantly in a piece of writing. And thus, if I was mourning the loss of spirit of a great light, you know, metaphorically like the Queen of Atlantis, or like Terence Malick's Koryanka in the New World, or like Pynchon's Shasta of the 60s, or maybe even like extinguishing the hearth fire under the big green tree on Union. Well, this essay said it all. And then there was yesterday, too, reinforcing the loss of grace, a fallen state, dashed hopes, and a longing to return to Eden. Rebecca Solnit's easy chair column in the February Harper's was able to put into words all my sync themes. Simply stated, end this war. End it now. We can do it. 
We can remember what we knew in the forest because where do we go from here? Chaos or community? Must a spiritual practice be a private inward response to a messed up world? Or could it perhaps be a public outward political experience of transformation? With that in mind, and as the nation turns its eyes to the Capitol for tonight's State of the Union speech, I ask that you point your gaze higher to the statue atop it all. There she is, Isis, the ideal mother and wife as well as the patron of nature and magic. She was a friend of slaves, sinners, artisans, and the downtrodden. But she also listened to the prayers of the wealthy, aristocratic, and rulers. She is often depicted as the mother of Horus, the sun, and she's also known as the protector of the dead and the goddess of children. Isis is, is. Our world is making vulgar and profane her sacred name. And so, today 42 Minutes travels to the desert to meet this goddess in the shadows of the pyramids. And we do so with an OG synchromistic Toure, artist, designer, and cultural critic, aka The Patternist. Toure has authored the blog by that same name since 2009, researching synchronicities in pop culture, history, and mythology. He was one of the founding members of the collaborative artistic portal, The Sinkhole, as well as contributing a chapter to The Sink Book back in 2011. He was a guest of this program for episode number 14 back in January of 2012, and it's been too long. More information about his work can be found at thepatternist.blogspot.com. How are you doing, Ty? I'm doing great. That was a, that was a pretty rocking introduction. I appreciate that. Thank you bet. Ah, let's get to the really important stuff right off the bat. Tell us about your baby. <laughs> what else is there to talk about? What else is there ever to talk about? New life. Uh, I mean, I'm like every other parent, just in constant amaze, amazement. Uh, just befuddled by all of it. By uh, You know, I mean, it's miracles, magic, all of that thing. Uh, th- that type of thing, like they become just every day, you know, with this little thing, this new life. And uh, it's 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 really it's as you can see, it's difficult for me to put into words. But um, whenever people ask me about it, I usually say that it's it's a, it's a beautiful stress, huh. and that kind of helps me feel a little bit better. One of the things that I've I've really been thinking about is the power of names did did you yeah. i mean did the name just come like that's the question so as far as like sync goes do we as parents determine the name and then cast them as what they are or are we finding the name because there is the seed of what they are inherent in their being hmm. uh, well I've, I've always felt like naming was extremely personal the the whole experience is personal but personal to the parent you know in in a, in a very special way like in, in a certain type of way like that's that's something that you just should not take lightly what you decide to call anything you know but especially the life experience in the world um but uh, as as far as his name judah was just as soon as I saw it in the Bible as a kid, I knew like it was. I don't know. I, I just I must have been eleven or twelve. Uh, you know when I when I thought of that name, and it's been with me the entire time. 
And if anybody asks me, you know, what I was going to name my son when I was a kid growing up, I would tell them it's, it's going to be Judah. And it's going to be a son. You know, it was just, uh, I just knew that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it was influenced by the story. I'm not sure if people are familiar with the character view from the Bible, but he's the, of the 12 brothers of Jacob. He's the brother. Uh, don't get too much into the storyline. But basically, there are 12 brothers. And one of the brothers is getting. Uh, of course, the other brothers start to hate him. They plot to kill him, sell him to slavery. And, uh, you know, in biblical grand fashion, Judah is the son that says, wait, wait, no, we don't have to kill him. Uh, we could just sell him to these slavers that are walking by. We'll be okay. And the other brothers are like, yeah, okay, that's fine. We can make some money. And uh, when I read that story, like, just as a kid, it was uh, it had a special place in my heart. So I just decided that. And then I was looking it up, looked up the uh, definition of the name, and uh, saw the connections to lions and brains. And uh, yeah, that filled it. So. It was very deliberate, right? And and as a as a I mean, as someone who's enjoyed your work over the years, I've noticed that you do resonate with with lions. Like that's one of those symbols that you uh, are really potent for you, and you feature in your work. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's uh, that's that's kind of a self fulfilling prophecy, I think, uh, as far as. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, in my connection to lions, I mean, I think, the, you know, the, the larger connection, I can talk about it all day, but I know that that was something that was passed down to me. That was my programming, you know, so straight from my father, which is part of the reason why I connect, you know, the lion to the father in that kind of the right way. Because uh, he was the one that pushed that image onto me, you know, as, as a young age. And being a panther himself, it was... You know, which is funny because that was part of their rhetoric, you know, for the organization. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a symbol of power, so, you know, why not own that? <laughs> yeah. The, the other interesting thing that I'm, I'm noticing is that, so, Judas w- was one of 12 sons, and so 12 is definitely one of those potent numbers which came up in... Oh, it's come up in the Manly P. Hall reading for sure. Sliding over to the Manly yeah. P. Hall, had you read no. any Manly P. Hall before? No. Well, I've read uh, excerpts um, just in, um, on references from other people saying things. And you're like, what, what, where did you, did you actually get that from somewhere? You know, like actually looking up and trying to find it in the Google Books. But uh, never actually tried to like through you know a couple of chapters um, but uh, now that I have understand I now that I can see what he does I can understand what his role is now, like what uh, what part he's playing you know as, as far as what he's explaining and the way he's doing it yeah, yeah I, I found it really striking how uh, I mean I, it was a I guess in a, re- a realization that a lot of people were reading him, say, 2005, 2006. You know, it's like that was definitely informing their writing a, a bit. 
in, in, in their blogging. I mean, his reading it feels kind of like a, a blog because he's making. Yeah, it really does. He's making conclusions and he's he's interpreting symbols and and it's it's a bit of scholarship and also a bit of, uh, you know, his own his own interpretation, which is kind of what sync blogs were back in the the heady glory days. Sure, and it's he, he sticks to evidence, which is you know another thing that bloggers in the community try to aspire to like you want to put your own spin and your own twist you know and whatnot but really you want to just kind of put stuff out there and you know let it speak and just kind of explain what you're showing instead of being like you know this is good this is bad like it's just you know trying to put some of these pieces together and uh yeah no i uh i think i i appreciate having something like this to use as a reference as well like now that i've seen it you know i can you know pull uh pull quotables <laughs> from it yeah i mean so i guess oh well did did you enjoy the reading i mean i thought of it as a as a reference you know what i mean i thought of it as and i thought it was it was good that way it wasn't you know poetry <laughs> but um you know, it's it's yeah, I saw it as like he's I don't know. I, I wouldn't say there's a narrative, but there is kind of a you know, like the a, a direction Definitely. that he's taking things, you know what I'm saying? But he's he's just kind of laying it out there and uh relaying like the research that he's done. Yeah. So I've I've been all over the place with this because so yeah. I think I'm you know like 150 pages in now and and I guess the thing I failed to remember is that if if you need an introduction to mythology you have to start somewhere and so as far as you know as factually I'm sure there's a lot of things that you could dispute but as far as an introduction to a lot of these things it seems like a fine place to start i know that for whatever reason uh, when a lot of people were reading this i was probably reading uh, uh, joseph campbell mm -hmm. and yeah. and that's probably you are too loud <laughs> um, <laughs> so then our our reading started with the pyramid and mm -hmm. of it's fun, just as a note of all the things that I've read so far in the Manly P. Hall, I think I enjoyed reading that one the most, and I don't know why, but I really just thought it was fun. Yeah. What kind of things over the course of these three chapters did you notice? Like, as far as was there anything that stuck on your mind after reading these three chapters? Uh, the connections to ISIS in the real world. You know, that's something that I was kind of already looking for. Uh, but, you know, confirmation of some of the stuff. I was uh, specifically wondering about some of their religious uh, connections because I found myself in a you know, debate, friendly, you know, discussion, uh, passionate discussion with a friend of mine about 
the uh, Zeitgeist movies and, you know, their relevance or lack of relevance. And, uh, you know, I, I consider that one of the films that I would show as an introduction, like you were saying, to mythology. And, you know, of course, you know, my friend was saying that it was, it was, it was ridiculous. It was pushing people in the wrong direction. It was, you know, lemmings off a cliff. And, uh, you know, having, you know, I, I think mainly P. Hall is like a lot of stuff is written from perspective that that's just kind of a given. You know what I mean? As far as just the, I don't know. It, it reads kind of like a manual, you know what I mean? More than something that's trying to like convince you that this is what it is. It's like, okay, this is the way that it is. You know, this is how it is. You know, like, like you know, reading a, a nonfiction or history or you know, like a, it's, it's, it's textbook like almost. You know what I mean? It's just it has you know mystical. Application, I guess. So it's it's a little something more than just textbook. One of the things that I noticed over the course of these three chapters is there was a emphasis on the number three. Mm -hmm. Did you, did you pick that up? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's always uh, the three chambers of in the pyramid. Mm -hmm. And then the three. Uh, three suns. Yeah. Uh, and solar. Yeah. Triple star. The three uh, witnesses. Man's nature was divided by the mystics into three distinct parts spirit, soul, and body. And right, then... right, right. The biggest one. Yeah. Spirit, soul, body connection. Spirit, soul, material. Yeah, okay, sorry. <laughs> the, the brain, heart, and generative system. And the reason why I found that interesting is, so even if there are elements of Manly P. Hall that I disagree with, it seems like we end up finding the same things. I go back to a post on the sinkhole, the three, the three Kings post, and you know we're looking at the that movie with George Clooney, Mark Wahlberg, and Ice Cube, and we end up finding the same kind of things. What, you know, so... Whether, yeah, whether or not that factually is true is less important than the the essence of the truth that's conveyed. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> and so... What do you what do you make of the corruption? I mean, so when we talk about ISIS now, it seems like immediately people their heads go a completely different direction than they they did when we were talking about ISIS, uh, you know, seven years ago or so. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, it seems obvious to me that it's some kind of pushback. Yeah, nice. It's, it's it's always tough to try to like assign something to the machine, or uh, you know, to some type of countermeasure to our physical growth or spiritual growth. But uh, 
you know, with, with something like ISIS, you know, I, I never really feel comfortable assigning things to the machine as far as like influence on our spiritual growth and our spiritual health. I've been, you know, I still like to maintain that, you know, we're completely responsible and everybody gets what they deserve. Uh, and, and in a case like ISIS and Obama and the Islamic State, uh, you know, at the time the state of address, you know, the state of the union address, uh, the, there seems to be some obvious like pushback, you know, and I feel like that's one of the examples you can point to if you want to convince somebody that there is some kind of puppet string action happening, you know, because there's, there's this association with a goddess, you know, that everybody is familiar with. It isn't some more pure reference. You know what I mean? If you, it's, it's ISIS and people who aren't initiated still can make that connection. But it's, it's a, it's a point to the power of the ability to, dis, to disconnect that you can call an organization ISIS and nobody really says anything. You know, no one has to address it. It's not, it's not a question like, oh, is that the name of some Egyptian goddess? Like, nobody really puts the two together. But, yeah, there seems to be, uh, you know, some kind of deliberate action uh, to associate the, the feminine with certain images. And uh, that's like when you talk about like the well, uh, the, the number three and the the, the pattern of the triples. You know, that's something that is comes up a lot in that that same pattern. And you know, why that is, you know, is again is up to the viewer. But but now you're reminding me how you actually saw that triple pattern in a lot of the work of Beyonce. Right. right. That was how I... Right. That, was, that was my entry into well, Beyonce analysis. Yeah. It's, I still... I, I, I've done so much work <laughs> on that that I still kind of cringe a little bit when I, you know, hear or hear the songs or just because, you know, I've studied something that the for a little while, <laughs> it kind of has effect, and I'm trying to like, no, I don't want to study those patterns. I don't want to like look at Beyonce's pop career. Like that's the most typical thing I could possibly study right now. Yeah, but you know, it's still happening. Yeah. Well, I mean, and so, I as you were talking about ISIS, it it, and then we're talking about Beyonce too. The word that's popping into my head is this is patriarchy. Mm-hmm. And I wonder about. I mean, you're you're saying possible deliberate choice of terminology, you know, to label ISIS. I mean, the, the what I alluded to in the introduction that I read the other night was this idea that there's a war on nature, mm-hmm. and that yeah. it's been going on since World War Two, where we needed the war the weapons industry never ended that we just that economy the wartime economy 
to is redirected that energy somewhere else. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like they're just changing the flow of water. You know? But, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's actually something that I found in some of the more, I, I don't know, you couldn't call them far-reaching, but the more uh, not militant uh, synchronicity blogs, the ones that are a little more aggressive about you know, how evil the machine is. Mm. Uh, and about, you know, the influence and Illuminati control. And uh, that was that was brought to my attention by that. And so it's another statement to the kind of the, the dual nature of the information that we get and the information that we put out. And, so what's what's your relationship to the machine these days? Wow. Um, I'm finding I'm having more and more relations uh, to the machine these days. Um, I think of a better, like a, a cooler word to describe the, <laughs> the, the uh, what do you call it, the military-industrial complex. More catchy, catchy name for it, but. Um, as, as, as I become a parent, as I become a homeowner, uh, full-time worker, more of a, I guess, my transition from being able to just, you know, write from my apartment, uh, with my little, you know, restaurant job, to uh, having a family and a home and becoming more of a, you know, an upstanding, established adult human being in America. And the message just becomes stronger and stronger. And there's, I think if you keep writing through maintaining like your, oh, not maintaining, achieving your adulthood or if you get the adult state, parenting, babies and all that, then if, you, if you're still writing at that point, you're probably making some kind of transition about how you see things. And the machine is probably going to be on that list. And, uh, what is what is your hope like these days? It seems like this last summer was particularly harsh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's harsh. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, mm -hmm. so like I I just it was abject. I mean, so I was pure nihilist at some point, where. It just felt – it really seemed like things were coming apart, and yeah. it's, it's silly. All I could do is start watching Tom Cruise movies and, and try and believe in something. <laughs> I know. It's silly. <laughs> no, that's – Tracy said that we can look for truth in, in Taylor Swift songs. So. Exactly. Yeah, I sure the top line is there's this truth somewhere. But um yeah, I, I you know, I have been telling the people around me that it does feel like there's a ramp up. Uh and that's none of those things. That's that's it seems like it's becoming easier to communicate to other people, you know, when you wanna try to let them know like what it is you're you're concerned about with uh, that's stressing you out. You know, the uh, 
Okay. Yeah. That was a whole other tangent. Let me uh let me come back and alright. We're talking about hope. Um I think that whenever the word hope comes up it makes me think of that the quote that uh something not everything that's trite is untrue. And uh it's funny because that, that quote is kind of trite in itself, you know, but Hope is the, uh, it's something that I've started to put another label on, you know, another one of those changes that come along with having babies. But um, hope for me has now become like preparation. (laughs) Finding solutions, you know, taking action, you know, hope, hope being like, Expecting, you know, rather than hoping. But that's the word that I, you know, I would say more often. It's still, the concept's still the same, but uh, your response is different. It's active. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 And I'm still aspiring to that, you know, of course. But that's uh, one of the things that I've learned from this experience is the. Uh, the power behind that when you decide to, you know, wish something like that, expect it. Uh, you know, self-actualization, visualization, all that. Yeah, so one of the thoughts that I've been having when, when I was reading the Manly P. Hall is that it seems like some of these re- religious practices are almost like responses to the machine they need to deal with that somehow and so instead of dealing with the machine itself they they go inward yeah but i'm 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 at the point now as a parent where i'm ready to blow up the machine (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah I've, uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes when I'm driving someplace that I'd rather not be going to, I might, you know, be thinking of just a little exit strategy of like, I probably just wanted to escape the country. You know, like, I could take that highway right there and, you know, maybe rob a bank on the way, <laughs> go to the airport, you know, Cuba. Brazil, you know, Tommy, well, not Brazil, that would have to be Cuba. Yeah, I, I don't know, there was, I've been reading this book, and she was saying that perhaps the original sin was farming, because what that did was create systemic violence, because you had to maintain these huge agricultural projects you needed people in charge and then it it created a class system basically yeah uh, yeah a constructed uh, constructed hierarchy right and that's been with us since the beginning of history yeah and then you look at this country yeah. 
this beacon of light and it's the same it's the same story yeah where our, our wealth is gotten on the backs of of slavery right which is which is a dark story you know like talking about stories as far as you know stories concerned it you know uh, two things come to mind like the connection to manly p the story of the egyptians yeah. and uh even though it's called into question now the, the myth is still that egypt was built on the slave labor and uh, that's something that you know again, we just kind of accept our um, theory that it was high-level craftsmen and other theories that it was you know, all Masonic uh, priests were top to bottom, you know, to have those things built and nobody had any idea what they were at the time. It was all ceremonial. You know. But, um, yeah, the, uh, the connection is there too. So how did this reading influence your own sync web? What have you been seeing also? Uh, the funny thing is I start to see more and more references in the, the music, you know, in the overall pop culture. You know, that was something that uh, I haven't really been paying attention to recently. But in the movies, of course, you hear that that's kind of difficult to miss. But then going back to watching movies and going to the movies again, you can get the full, you know, synchronistic experience. But, uh, yeah, the, the uh, as far as things that I've been seeing, as far as patterns, the uh, concept of slavery and the literal historical sense and, and the, the mental uh, consciousness sense that's been coming up. You know, speaking of movies, like there's the pattern of slavery movies that uh, is some I mean, sense still continuing. I think they still have a couple more slavery movies that are coming out and uh in 2015 or 2016, alongside the new, the, uh, the Gods and Kings movies with uh, Christian Bale, Batman, playing, uh, I believe he's playing Moses. Yeah, so the idea of that, you know, uh, I read a quote about love today, actually, and, uh, and the book that my girlfriend is reading, I cannot remember the name, but I stole it and, you know, like read a page. And uh, it's, it's something about how there's a relationship with it. You know, it's something about how someone who truly loves you doesn't want you to not have friends. You know? And uh, that keeping someone away from their friends was a form of slavery. And at first I was like, well, I don't know. But, you know, in, 
an emotional sense, maybe, you know, in a mental sort of like repression sense, maybe when your spouse sort of like cuts off your friends and like, I don't like you being around them, I don't like them, or your family, you know, close family members. So, uh, yeah, the, uh, the connection there to slavery has, has been coming up in a lot of different ways. I watched the Matrix again recently, and they talk about being on the ship as as a form of slavery. Cypher uh, talked about it when he's hitting everybody with a lightning gun. So that's not one of the things that I was, I, I couldn't help but think about, you know, when I was reading the material and thinking of sort of like visualizing all of it, all of it that he was referencing, sort of like this world is experiencing. Well, we're we're winding down. If I put you on the spot and said, "What are the, what are the spiritual teachings of the pyramids, Isis, and the Sun?" What would you say? What are the spiritual teachings? The see, excuse me. The, what are the secret teachings of the pyramids, Isis, and the Sun? Oh, what are the secret teachings? Ah, you got me. That's a reference. Is that the, that's the second chapter? No, there's no, there's no, there's no right answer. Oh, oh, I, I thought it was like a reference quiz. I was trying to think of the quote. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, I don't know. Should I take another crack at that? Sure. Okay. <laughs> awesome. And then, as um, a, on top of that, what, what's, how is the State of the Union? Sure. Okay. All right. Well, I'll uh, I'll answer the State of the Union question first, and then uh, I'll go into the secret figure teaching. Um, the State of the Union is is flux. You know, it's it's discomfort. It's uh, you know. Capitalism on steroids is uh, over aggression, over, 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 over everything. I'm so over it. You know, we're so over everything. Uh, the, uh, you know, the, the, the Satanists of taking over the church, uh, as it were, you know, and it's, you know, that's, that's kind of a harsh way to put it, but do what that will. You know, being sort of the new law of the land you know, under the banner of tolerance and uh, in a sense to not be racist or not be sexist. Or, you know. But uh, the struggle continues. To put it in the words of the Black Panthers, the struggle continues. It's, it's, it's part of the journey, it's part of the path. And uh, yeah, me. I'm not sure the country's gonna be around in the next decade or so. But I'm like you. Sometimes I can be a nihilist. Uh, as far as the mystical teaching, the secret mystical teachings, um, I have to go with the what's trite and true, uh, as above, so below, as without, so within, you know, 
finding the uh, the evidence for that, finding the words, images, stories, movies, uh, voices, uh, messages that can make that more real for you, that what's outside you is also inside you, what's out to infinity is also inside to infinity. That includes, you know, things like actual practical abundance and power, the ability to actually affect what's outside of me. And I think that's something that can make people happy. But that was 42 Minutes. Thank you for sharing it with us. Thank you. You've been listening to Two Ray on SyncBook Radio, a production of thesyncbook.com. Information about the work of Two Ray can be found at thepatternist.blogspot.com. For more information about the SyncBook, our guests, to check out past shows or to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, please be sure and visit our, our website at 42minutes.com. Thanks so much. And one day we must ask the question, why are there 40 million poor people in America? When you ask that question, you begin to question the capitalistic economy. Set the cheetahs on the
picture But you love Africa Jewel What good is a jewel that ain't still precious? How could you run off on me? How could you run off on us? You feel like God inside that gold I found you laying down
Working at the pyramid, yeah, yeah. Working at the pyramid tonight, yeah, yeah. Working at the pyramid, oh I. Working at the pyramid tonight, yeah. Working at the pyramid, ooh, ooh. Working at the pyramid tonight, working at the pyramid. You showed up after work, I'm bathing your body Touch you in places only I know You're wet and you're warm just like our bath water Can we make love before you go? The way you say my name makes me feel like I'm that nigga But I'm still unemployed You say it's big but you take it Right out, girl but your love ain't free no more, baby. But your love ain't free no more. She's working at the pyramid tonight. Working at the pyramid. Working at the pyramid tonight. Working at the pyramid. That's right. Working at the pyramid tonight. Yeah, working at the pyramid Ooh, Working at the pyramid tonight Working at the pyramid Working at the pyramid tonight